Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Two Wizards and a Mic. Uh, basically, the show is myself and Andrew talking about D&D uh, because we're old. And we know a lot about it, sort of. Although this episode will prove that I know very little. But uh, today we're talking about spellcasting. And of course, don't forget, this podcast is brought to you by Kwood Publishing at worldofmere.com. Where you can go there and buy everything. Because if you don't, you're weird. Uh, uh, I think I introduced Andrew. I'm Shane. And uh, hi, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? <laughs> it, by the way, just full disclosure, it's taken us about 40 minutes to get this going because computers were not our friends. But now we're here. Is uh, that uh, so, because we got our first snow of the season and we're, the city's not used to it? To be honest, that is very, very true. Although out where you are, you're, it's mm. probably picturesque to like the nth yes. degree. Yeah, we're supposed to get quite a lot tonight. Um, yeah, I think even maybe 15 centimeters. It was going to be 25 or 30. That's they've they've now forecast that as uh, a bit less. But I think there's going to be quite a bit. There's quite a lot. There's some snow now. Oh yeah, it's accumulating here. I mean, I'm right at sea level. Um, I'm not sure how much higher you are, but uh, definitely, it's going to be an adventure because, as always, with with people on the west coast, uh, there's a great uh, uh, political cartoon out of the Times columnist of Victoria today, uh, and uh, basically it was one tiny flake hitting the the highway, yeah. and the cars driving back and forth just ah, off they went. Yeah. So. But anyway, spellcasting. Now, as I said, spellcasting is not my strength. I tend to be more of a brute uh, sort of character roller. But educate us all. Well, we talk often about how this game is not as complicated as some people might tell you. Um, some spellcasting, it's quite simple. And others, there is a bit more to it, especially if you're a wizard at a higher level. Right. So, um, but it's not that complicated. So um, this is using magic, using spells. And the game actually started at the beginning of D&D in the 70s with clerics. A druid was a subclass of a cleric, a wizard, and an illusionist was a subclass of a wizard. Those were the only true casters. Um, now that includes clerics, druids, sorcerers, wizards, and warlocks. Um, personally, I think they should be the only classes with spells, as I've mentioned before, yeah, uh, because yeah. now bards, paladins, rangers, fighters, if you're an eldritch knight, rogues, if you're an arcane trickster, and even monks, if you choose the way of the four elements, they all have some magic. Um, in our Monsters of the Wilderness book, we introduce a ranger subclass that has no magic, and I would... Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely toying with the idea of taking magic away. Maybe not all of the mechanics of what these classes can do magically, but take away the spell casting. Um, so how does it work? Well, spells have power levels, <clears throat> but these do not correspond to the class level. So a ninth level wizard cannot cast a ninth level spell. Ninth level is the highest level of spells. And uh, I think you have to be about 17th level to get one of those. Right. 
Um, they work in three ways. You can either do a, there's some spells that are basically a spell melee attack, like um, they commonly use Firebolt or Ray of Frost. You roll a d20 to see if it hits. Um, many spells, the target of the spell has to make a saving throw to fight off the spell. And the third way, some spells just happen. There's nothing you can do about it. It just happens. Like the sleep spell, you can't, um, the only way you can fight against it is if you have enough hit points to ward it off. If you don't, you right. just fall asleep. Um, so with melee attacks, um, you roll a d20, you add your spell casting modifier. So if you're a wizard, that's your intelligence modifier. And then you right. add your proficiency bonus. And um, saving throws, your spell has a difficulty um, level. And that equals eight plus your spell casting ability modifier plus your proficiency bonus. So at the beginning, a wizard who has 18 intelligence, that modifier would be four plus your proficiency bonus is two. So that's six. Add that to eight. Your initial difficulty for your spells is 14, your DC. Spells can and usually take an entire action. Um, some of them also have concentration so you have to keep concentrating on the spell which means you can't cast right. another spell with concentration and if you take too much damage or you're incapacitated or killed the spell ends and um, at the same time you can still move around and you can still cast other spells and attack uh, there's just a, there's a few things you can't do if you're concentrating some spells and now this is where a lot of people get confused this is one okay. little tricky part of dnd so some spells can be a bonus action so yes. 90 percent of the time if you're not a sorcerer using a special ability or if you are multi-classed in you if you use a bonus action spell your action has to be a cantrip spell so cantrips are basic okay. spells we'll mention in a, in a minute that you, that are not as complex and not as powerful, and you just automatically know these spells. So if your spell that you're using um, as a when it's a special spell that is a bonus action, so that means it's it doesn't take a full action. Your full action, you if you're going to cast another spell, it has to be a cantrip. There are there are some circumstances where that's not true, but 95, 98% of the time, this is the way it works. So normally, for example, you can't cast, um, for example, some spell that's a bonus action spell and then cast a fireball because that fireball is a, takes a full action and it's not a cantrip spell. And this is a mistake a lot of people make. They don't read the fine print. And um, that other spell, the action can only be a cantrip. That is the thing that I always get, you're right, Get I get lost on because if I catch that the spell is a bonus action, then it's easier to deal with. But if I run into um, whether a spell has to have a role bound with it, that's where I start to go, um, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, right. Okay. Uh, what's my DC again? 
that's actually one of the worst things that I think uh, in managing my character sheets is that I, I, I'll update everything. Right. But if there's a spell uh, list or a spell, uh, anything spells related, I right. will forget to update that information right. because just of the way I tend to play. So, yeah. yeah, like I said, spell casting is the one part of the game that has you've got to read the fine print a little bit in the rules. Um, so most spells happen immediately. Some take yeah. longer, especially um, some spells take longer to cast called rituals. Those are special, special circumstances. Spells use up spell slots, and each class level has an amount of spell slots that you can use. Um, however, cantrips are more simple, basic spells, not as powerful, especially at the beginning. And you just know those. The caster just knows cantrips, and sure. you can cast them whenever you want. You never run out of cantrips. But you can run out of spell slots, and then you can't cast spells anymore. So this is an important thing to think about when you're you're playing it in the game to be in the tactics of the game. If, for example, it's the beginning of the adventure and you're, you've encountered a couple of goblins and they are attacking a party, you might not want to break out your powerful spells at that point. You no. might want to save your good spells for tough opponents and not use up all your spells on a minor, you know, a minor attack. Um, all classes regain spell slots with long rests and some with short rest. Um, mainly, I think just the warlock is the only one who regains it with short rests. Right. Some casters can use a foci if they want, like a focus. They can use a spell book or an orb or a wand or different things. Um, but this is considered an option, although personally I like the idea that you have to do it. You have to have these things. There is a process um, for wizards using their spellbook of buying spells and writing them in. I actually get that's one of the few things I don't follow the rules with because I think it slows the game down too much. I I would say that I mean for me especially where if I'm picking spells that even I'm familiar with, like I know what it does. But when it gets into the nitty gritty of like, oh, okay, I'm going to cast. Oh, wait, can I cast that at that point? Like, is it what kind of spell? I don't actually know what this, the type of spell or if it's a ritual or not, for example. Mm -hmm. um, like cantrips, yeah. Spider-Man, you know, throwing webs out there. But when you actually need something to uh, to really make an impact on what's going on, then, yeah, I have to look it up almost every time. Um, I know that there are definitely, there's like spell cards, things like that, that are quite helpful. Um, where, you know, if you're, if you've got your character and you have your list of spells, then mm. you just take out those cards and you can use those. That kind of makes it a bit easier. Um, I don't have those. <laughs> I probably should get some. But essentially, you've got all of these, these little bits of information where the, when you cast this spell, this happens, this happens. However, this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. And I find that gets more difficult as time goes on, especially when you're gaining, when you're getting up to the higher levels. Um, the spells are a bit more intricate, even yeah. though they can do a lot of damage or they can do a lot of healing or whatever it is. Uh, but although I have to admit, my favorite spell by far, Wall of Something. Like Wall of Thorns, yeah. Wall of Ice, Wall of Fire. Yeah. 
because I think that that for me is that there's times where it's like, yes, we'd like to fight these creatures, but if you get to a certain point where people get downed or people are really low in hit points, throwing up a wall and just booking it is not a bad strategy, especially when you don't want to deal with somebody who dies, uh, you know, because of, you know, they just got pummeled too much and things like that. So, but uh, yeah, there's just so much to remember that I, yeah, I think get the cards. I think that's really the whole summary of this entire point. Get the cards. It'll help you so many in so many situations where you're not actively slowing down the action at the table uh, because it just sucks where it's like, you know, yeah, I'm that guy. I got the book out. Okay. I'm looking for the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what page it's on. I'm sorry. You know, you just kind of feel like a bit of a jerk, but you know, what can you do? Yeah, I think a lot of props aren't practical. They're interesting ideas for the game, but in a, at a table, most people don't have a big space to play. Um, and uh, you've got your sheet and your pencil and everything. And your, I, I, but I do agree. I think the spell cards are quite useful. And we always talk about how you can play the game without spending a lot of money and you can use the free rules. But uh, in practical terms, if you have a lot of spells, it's much easier if you have the player's handbook because most players have to look up their spell a little bit. Once you play more and more, you get to know them, obviously. But it's very useful to have the player's handbook if you have a lot of spells for your character. Um, There are three parts to the spell. This is also not always really focused in on. Um, So there's the verbal. So if there's a verbal component, it, the spells don't have to have all three of these, but if there's a verbal component, uh, if your player, if your caster can't talk for some reason, they can't cast the spell. Same with the uh, somatic, so moving your arms around basically for the most part. Um, if they're bound or something, then they can't cast the spell. And then there's the material side, which is the components. So your player should have a container where basic components are kept, like a component pouch on their belt. But if the component has a cost on it in the player's handbook, if it's, uh, you know, it says a diamond that's worth a thousand gold, then you have to have that thousand gold diamond, uh, yeah. a diamond worth that much. Otherwise, the spell, you can't cast the spell. And I think that actually makes it more interesting and realistic. And you can even do quests like in Skyrim, for example, where you have to go find an ingredient to to cast a spell. Um There's eight schools of magic overall. These are very important to wizards. Um, It's not really focused in on for other classes, but there's abjuration, which is basically warding off the spells that ward things off for the most part. Conjuration, where you're obviously you're conjuring something. Uh, Divination, uh, this is more um, in the cleric domain um, from uh, getting help from a deity or that sort of power or Foreign, like um, having the ability to tell the future or what's going to happen. Uh, evocation, that's like attack magic, war magic. That's the one most people like. That's fireballs and right. lightning bolts. Uh, enchantment, so you're enchanting an item. Illusion, self-explanatory. Necromancy, so you're draining life from something to give energy to something else. So um, and cre- like creating an undead creature. Uh, bringing an you know bringing a creature back to life Frankenstein style uh, transmutation you're changing one thing from one, from one one thing to another 
Then class specifics. There are some little details. We won't go through all of the little nitty gritty, but in general, for clerics, the gods grant their power. Um, divine magic flows through them. And what they have is a list of spells in the player's handbook. And they you prepare the spells that you can use um, for basically for a day or until you get your next long rest from that entire list. Right. You, you can use a holy symbol as your focus. And each subclass gives you extra spells as well. And those are always prepared. You don't have to um, prepare those, but they use up spell slots. Druids gain magical power from nature or a nature deity. They also prepare a list similar to the cleric, and they change it. They can change that when they do a long rest like a cleric. Um, they can use a druidic focus like mistletoe or staff or something like that. Um, and their circles, uh, their subclasses give them extra power, extra powers, extra spells. And those right. are always prepared as well. So you don't have to, um, they use spell slots, but you don't have to prepare them. So those are similar, cleric and druid. Uh, sorcerer, and we're just going to talk about the main casters uh, right now. Sorcerer magic is just a part of who they are. It just it right. infuses their entire being. And uh, they just know their spells. They don't have to repair, prepare them, but they have only a limited amount. And it tells you in the rules how many you can know. And um, they have sorcery points, which can be used to create different effects. They can also expend spell slots to get sorcery points. And uh, they can use meta magic to twist their magic. Uh, the best example is where you can twist your spell and attack spell so it actually misses everybody in your party, but just hits the enemy. Oh, cool. So, um, yeah, I like the idea that that's tied to sorcerer. There's some new rules giving that to other classes. I, I, think, it's, I think it's great just to keep it with the sorcerers. Yeah, I agree. Warlocks are very different. Um, they get their magic from a patron, like a powerful orc fey or a, a devil or a demon. Um, they don't have very many spells. Um, you have a slot level, and you can cast a spell of that slot level or lower. So as you increase in level, you increase in what your slot level is. And you can you can have, but you don't know that many spells. The number is very limited. But you regain spell slots when you do a short rest, all your slots. The problem with this mechanically is that most games, and we've mentioned this before, you don't have a lot of short rests. Yeah. So what what usually is going to happen is most sessions, there's going to be maybe one long rest and then you know, and all the casters get their spells back, including the warlock. But the problem is the warlocks have so few spells. So unless you have a game that has long rest or short rest kind of built in or happening consistently, it affects the warlock more because they have so few spells. I think I've run into that once because I think one of my characters was a warlock uh, yeah. sometime last year. And yeah i ran out of spells all the time yeah. and basically became like a i would cast 
that yeah. at you, but right now I will hit you with my mace or whatever I had. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah, they do get a few extra abilities, like extra features. So they have a packed boon, a special power. Um, and there's three versions, I believe. Their subclass gives them some extra spells. Again, your spell slots don't increase, though. And you have these powers called Eldritch Invocations. So this is really trying to balance off the fact they don't have those other spells. And some of those are cool. Uh, many of them need a prerequisite, prerequisite to cast before you can do it. Um, and then they could also use an arcane focus, like a wand or something for their spells. Wizard, the traditional caster, they study their magic and they keep their spells in a spell book. They can copy wizard spells if they find them on a scroll or from another person's spell book into the book. But that's where you get to prepare your list of spells from, from this book. And you can change that list when you get a short, when you get a long rest. Um, right. They can use an arcane focus like a warlock that could be a wand or their spell book, I believe, can be a focus too. Um, when they get to second level, they choose an arcane tradition, which ties into those eight schools of magic, those eight types of magic. And those are the subclasses of the wizard for the in the core book. So there's a few differences with other classes that have spells, like the bard. Um, you, you basically know your spells, and then you have a certain amount of spell slots. And um, yeah, there's a few little tweaks, because as we, as we said before, in 5th edition, bards, paladins, rangers, some monks, some fighters, some rogues. Um, they all get magic uh, to a certain degree. But it's not as big of a deal overall because they don't have, you know, spellcasting is not the majority, you know, the main task that they're doing, the main right. feature of their class, where those main casters, those real casters, that's mostly what you're doing. And like with all those changes coming, or the potential changes anyway, for yeah. one D and D, um, now those to me are just—they're blanketing all the classes. I think is that how it's being done or being suggested anyway? Yeah, I think they're going to try to simplify it, um, which in general, fifth edition has had that kind of theme. Um, but in this case, I think it's actually better to have something more connected to the class, to give it some definition. Yeah. I believe what they're going to do is they have spells now. They don't, they're not going to have class lists of spells. They're going to have one overall list called divination, one called primal, and one oh, called right, arcane. Right. Three, three general spell lists. And then they'll probably say, okay, wizards, you can choose spells from the arcane list. And... Uh, clerics, obviously, divination spell list, divine spells. or um, And then sorcerers, I would believe, would be primal. Probably druids, too. I'd have to double check that. But I think they're going to have those three. That's the idea, to have these three general spell lists. And then they do want to make a switch, too, I believe, in how 
the classes prepare spells. Right. I think the wizard, they're probably going to leave alone, I think, because that's very unique how they have their spells in their book. I don't think they could really change that. I wouldn't, I don't think that would be smart. Um, I think you could do a lot better with the warlock. The warlock is the one class overall. Mechanically, I don't think it works that well. And being a fan of alignment and good characters being the main characters, I think a warlock is a pretty good NPC, but unless the player makes an interesting character, I don't see how a warlock is really a hero usually you could make it yeah. interesting you could do it but most of the warlocks i see are are evil well that's the thing right is that because of where they gain their power from i mean yeah. by default they're kind of bad but i mean usually yeah. usually because they're a servant to something much greater and you know devils and demons are evil yeah. And a lot of Arc Fae are too. There are good Arc Fae, but even a good Arc Fae <laughs> is going to be. As we um, noted in your book. <laughs> yeah. Good Arc Fae might be a handful. Um, definitely a chaotic neutral or evil Arc Fae is going to be a disaster. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the. the... It, it blows up in your face so quickly because you have all of these things you have to rely on that are out of your control. So if you have a character that's got all of these, yeah. I have all these spells and they're really powerful and great. But I mean, you could have the DM go, you know what? That thing you just did, you know, or they did yesterday or the yeah. last session, that pissed off your patron. And your patron is like, yeah, so you know all those spell slots I gave you? Yeah, you only have half of them now. Yeah. Oh, 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 and you can't have this spell, that spell, and that spell. I mean, you could actually play that really, really in some really interesting ways because you could have all of these, you know, benefits that you've been used to just stripped away from you for no reason other than, you know, if you did if the if the character decided to do something that naturally their patron would be like, no, I think that's actually very interesting. It could make for some very, very uh impactful game uh, uh paths anyway yeah it could be very it could work well um i think if it's an evil character i don't think it works that well again i think evil characters break the game uh, yeah you know the idea of a group of heroes working together that's the way that mechanically the whole game is built you know that's how the everything is built around you know it's it's uh to a certain degree it's the same issue is splitting the party that, that's fine temporarily no. but if you do it very long that's not how the game is built um and that's and also game. no matter what level of character you are and if you run off to go do your own thing um a the dm is going to railroad you back into you know they'll let you play for a while mainly and you know but they'll definitely get you back but um the like i think there was a situation where one of my characters i think was separated from the party um i've forgotten why and i think jumped off of a uh cliff or something to to get into some body of water where everyone yes, else was yes yeah, yeah. and uh yeah and i mean that survived. worked and but definitely yeah I, I the character was like not healthy at all at that point because no. 
you know, the, the, the whole idea, the way that the game is designed, you have these challenging, uh, you know, foes that are meant to sort of, you know, you have to have hopefully somebody with healing. You have to have somebody with some sort of, you know, uh, power yeah. to be able to stab you. But um, there's going to be situations where if you run off and do those things, and, and especially if a wizard runs off and runs out of spell slots. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. Well, also, you know, from a storytelling perspective, you know, for everybody at the table, whether it's virtual or not, yeah, the whole point is to have the group together telling a story, with their characters together. So as soon as somebody's not there, it's like it's like you're at a play, and then all of a sudden they open another wing on the stage on the far left hand side of the stage, pull back the curtain, and they're like, "Oh, there's this other scene going on here." <laughs> at the same time as the play is on the main stage. It's uh, it's very chaotic and it, it can it can be fine short term and it can be a really cool part of the story like but you know that was fun when your character did that and but he did just barely survive it um, yeah. so yeah it's a temporary thing and it's the same thing with evil characters temporarily very temporarily it can work uh, but um, there's no reason for that evil PC especially a warlock uh to work together with this group uh for the betterment of the kingdom or the party or um you know maybe here and there but not not consistently and why wouldn't they you know any chance they have to to help themselves they're gonna take and that's not for the benefit of the adventuring party stab 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 cast 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 Sorry, what was that? Oh, oh, yeah. I shouldn't. Oh, okay. Ah, uh, yeah. Screw you guys. Like, yeah, I'm, the, I'm just gonna watch. <laughs> the first big bad evil guy you meet. Why wouldn't they just, you know, make a deal with them? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> storytelling wise, that is kind of interesting, though. You know, but it can only happen once because it's like, it yeah, is, but so then that, guys, that player is um, now a non-player character. Exactly. It's like. I'm going to be joining yeah. up. Although you could pre-plan that where a character, like the player already has another character in mind yeah. to come in. And it's just like this big, huge thing that, oh yeah, by the way, yeah, this guy, I actually, I called him earlier. Yeah. <laughs> and we planned that you guys you could do be that. in dungeon now. Yeah. Yeah, you could do that or you could... Um... A player who wants to change characters, I've had that before. Somebody tell yeah. me, okay, my character's just going to sacrifice themselves because I want to do something different. And that's fine because that's something interesting you can write into the story. So, exactly. um, yeah. I think spell casting, as we've been talking about today, it's there are a little, few little tweaks. Uh, the mo I think Warlock has issues mechanically. That's why I keep bringing it up. Yeah. the way it's being designed. But the others are pretty solid and it's not super complicated. And I do like some of the, you don't want to have a game that's just, you know, super simple and, and has no complexity to it because these little details for the classes and for spell casting actually make the game fun. And that's the whole point in playing. Well, exactly. It's like any game, there's a strategy to playing and, 
Uh, I remember many years ago, there was a video game called Descent. And basically, you were like a spaceship that flew through tunnels and all kinds of stuff. But the reason I brought that up is that I had a, had a friend back then who was so into that game, they wrote a manual, like this huge, thick manual. They printed off on their dot matrix printer uh, to describe to people how they could play the game better and got a publishing deal at some point after that. But it was interesting to read it because there were so many little details in there like, oh, right, I could do that or I could. Do, oh, that's mm -hmm. actually fat, you know, and it changed the, the way that I played. I mean, I didn't play it a lot, but it definitely, you know, opening up a new game. It's like, oh, actually, I could do this instead. And these kinds of details and spell casting, uh, I mean, the game in general, I mean, are so they're easy. But you also have to pay attention because mm -hmm. like you and I have talked about in the past about backgrounds and, and classes and stuff, there are all these little tiny details that make the game more interesting. Sure, you have to remember something and you got to like, you know, do a few things that are going to, you know, take a bit of uh, concentration mm -hmm. as a player. But it makes it all that more sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like, uh, fleshed out like there's details in the world that you can yeah it has more depth out. yeah exactly yeah. yeah and at the same time you know you know i started playing when i was nine and we had a blast and we did not play by all the rules correctly all the time we didn't understand everything uh you know we missed things in the text and and first edition was much more <clears throat> complicated and not mechanically smooth and yeah. um we still had a blast and there are things now I look back and I'm like, Oh, we had no, we weren't doing that. Right. But we still had fun. And that's, that's why, you know, the core of the game is so good and so much fun that you don't need to make sure you do all these little details. It's not, yeah. it's about having fun with your friends at the table. It's not about making sure that you're doing every little thing, right. <laughs> that's so true. And that's the brilliant part about having, uh, somebody running the game because if you have somebody who's open and wants to like play with stuff and, and be able to kind of like tell stories in a different way mm -hmm. um that again makes it because if you have a problem with a spell you could be like oh, i don't like the spell or i don't like the way mm -hmm. you can always talk to the to the guy running the game or the gal running the game and be like hey uh i i don't like the way this part works uh, yeah. and here's my five reasons of why and the you know the person running the game could be like, actually, yeah, that I like that better. Let's do it that way, you know. Yeah. Or how about you know just all that kind of flexibility to make it fun, and hundred uh, percent, yeah, because it's just a, <laughs> a game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I thought next time we might start, we might do a few shows or have some shows. There's a number of shows where they do their top favorite items on spells and uh, oh, totally. different things. I thought it'd be interesting to look at magic items next time uh, and get a list of together. You and I will uh, come up with a list of magic items that we really enjoy and maybe ones that um, are not as well known. And oh, um, totally. I mean, even if we have 10 of those and we spend five or five minutes on each of them, that's usually our show right there. So exactly. maybe we'll just try to keep it tight. Our yeah. show never has issues ever. <laughs> no. 
Always 30 to 50 minutes. Exactly. Because, I mean, I mean, that's the thing, right? Is that, that like the spells, there are all these details we could get into the nitty-gritty on. Um, but, like, this episode, we're like, spells have to... We're going to talk about the baseline of how spells should work. And then there's i mean there's so many high level spells and even some simple ones down at the the cantrip level that get ignored because they have a rich detail to them that like it took me i think i think at the first time uh uh what was it the uh something ray uh which is it can be a cantrip at, at some level but um, no nah, i can't remember or, um even feeblement it's not a cantrip i don't think, might be no. Well, there's one that's a cantrip that's actually very powerful if you use it at the right time. And yeah, um, I can't remember which one I'm thinking of, but but there's definitely times where I forget I even had it. And it's like, oh, I cast that thing instead of the thing I could have cast 25 times rather than the one time that made no, you know, kind of make a difference for about a minute and a half. And then after that, you know, the, the, the villain healed themselves or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. It could be yeah we could we could do a show uh the next one i think on uh magic items and maybe the one after that on spells and uh, like you say today we just skim the surface and we can look with a little more detail when we do the spell show exactly yeah. so, well thank you everyone for watching thank you for listening definitely everything that uh, we've talked to andrew will place down in the thing down below and uh and stuff like that so if you have any questions comments concerns or you want us to talk about certain things uh we are on twitter uh which again is all down there and uh and let us know what kinds of things that we probably should talk about and uh and if you have sponsorship deals for us you know like we want like at least a half a million dollars an episode uh hit hit us up as well on twitter <laughs> but thank you all for uh, watching listening and uh, we appreciate all the comments and uh, we'll see you guys next time Later. thanks